0: This recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. sharing some thoughts from God's word today and uh, it's already been a very full and exciting and wonderful morning Um, but I believe that Holy Spirit has more to teach us and more to um, bring into our hearts this morning so um, just in a moment we're going to read God's word and we're going to um, keep looking at some really important uh, scriptures. Um, but before we do that, let's just invite Holy Spirit to really still our hearts this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you are God. Uh, and, and we exalt your name. We, we worship you. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us, help us to listen to what you have to say to us this morning. Um, and that we would be able to still our hearts um, and hear what you're saying. Lead us into the truth of your word this morning. And um, I particularly ask for your help uh, to help me be faithful in how I communicate your word. In Jesus' mighty name we ask. Amen. So, um, as you're joining us, um, you're welcome to week three of uh, our vision series for the 2021 20, 22 ministry year. We're we're looking at the overarching big theme of standing firm, being firm in the Lord through his power and might, being steadfast in our faith despite the oppositions and sending our roots deep into Jesus Christ, that the thought of being disconnected from him would be just inconceivable. That is our heart and our prayer for our church um, in this coming 12 months. And so I just want to ask you to take a moment um, to think about um, what, did it, what is it that you enjoy about a story or a book or a movie or any kind of narrative when you're going to choose a movie or a book or whatever. like What is the things that really... Uh, you look for uh, as part of, oh, I really enjoy this or I I really think this is good. just give you a couple of seconds to think about that. Personally, for me, um, I like movies with happy endings. That's a must, right? And uh, there's got to be just a little smidgen of violence and the only time that happens is when you're getting rid of the villain, the bad guy. And it's got to be great locations, beautiful costumes, and lots of humor. Now, some of you who are listening will go, oh, I'd be happy to join Dash on the couch for a movie. And others of you are probably raising your eyebrows going, please don't ever invite me to watch a movie with you. Um, that's okay. I won't. But if you look at our passage today, I'm excited because it's kind of got the makings Um for a great plot, uh, potential for fantastic costumes, plenty of drama, and definitely a happy ending. In fact, the best part of it is that it's based on real life. There are many versions of this script that are being produced, that are producing amazing reels of film all over the world, all at the same time. And especially here at PCC, in your life and in my life, And so come with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to be reading from verse 6 to 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Um I just want us, just for the sake of illustration, um, I've picked our narrative to be a movie, right? So we're going to have a movie, uh, imagine your life as a movie, and each of our lives is a narrative that's um, been written by an awesome scriptwriter called God, God, the ruler of heaven and Earth. And he's already written the script against the timeline of history. And in every good script, we know that there's got to be a plot or a setting or a background. There's got to be the conflict and the, you know, complication. There's got to be a climax. And then there's the resolution. So um, if we think about it, the plot, I hope that's like reading the right way okay great the plot is very simple very basic you know we as god's people we're on a journey we're heading to where we belong like our absolute destination the promised land heaven our eternal home where we can live happily ever after not a fairy tale but it's true it's just happily ever after eternal but along the way there's going to be conflict there is going to be a lot of conflict and sometimes this conflict just drags on you know and it depends how long you live as to how long you have to work out this conflict but it drags on but it's interesting that our conflict really relies around verses six to eight of our reading today Um, if you go back it's about it's about things that's the enemy's strategy he's got three main ways that he tries to make this conflict be a deterrent on our journey Um, and the way he does that is basically he's denying the truthfulness of god denying the goodness of god and denying the lordship of god and and jesus christ so for example um there's you know um What does denying the truthfulness of God look like? Well, you know, he he puts doubt and and casts um, thoughts or um, uh, makes us question God's word. You know, is that really what God said, you know, or or does this this what it really means? I'm not sure. And if we kind of think back to the garden, it's like, did God really say that, you know? And then denying the goodness of God you know, God, you never give me what I ask for. How come so-and-so can have that? Or it's just not fair because, you know, like how good can you really be? I've been asking this for such a long time. And thirdly, denying the Lordship of God is that You know god is god we are not we've heard that so many times but how many times every day do we try and be god you know we try and make our own decisions we try and you know if this door closes we try and go and try and open that window or this trap door you know like we're always trying to do things in our own strength um so in this conflict how do we overcome how do we push through how do we get through well amazingly um the verses that talk about the conflict actually have the solution or the the remedy as well because in verse 9 the writer says resist the enemy and how do we resist the enemy now can i just say something there's no herd immunity it's a buzzword there's no herd immunity with resisting the enemy enemy enemy, enemy. Um, you can't hide in the crowd and hide behind other people and hope that the devil won't get you. It's just not possible. Um, because in this passage particularly, Peter is not just talking to the leaders or to the elders. or to, He's talking to the whole church. He's addressing every individual. And um, while there is strength in the community, and I'll talk about that a little bit more, we each have an individual. Responsibility to do this ourselves, and then as we do this ourselves, together we have we make it even more stronger. I know I sound a little bit like you know the vaccination cries. It's like if everybody does it, we'll be stronger, but it's true, you know, like it's really true when it comes to this passage and God's word. Um so humbling. Ourselves. Number one, there's three ways we can combat this. So we can bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ by humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand. This means that we allow God to be in complete control right? It doesn't mean we become a zombie or a robot, but it does mean that every decision we make, everything that we want to do, we make with God's word in mind. We, we don't allow our preferences to dictate what it is that we're going to do. It's about what God wants and it's about what he says. And the interesting thing is I can't do this for you. Like I can't humble you under God's mighty hand. I can try, but it's not gonna work. You have to do it. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to to show you through his eyes, the things that are in your heart, the things I I have to do the same. I, I can't let my family do that for me. I can't let my parents do that for me. I can't let my friends do that for me. I have to do it for myself. I have to go, do I really trust God? to be able to humble myself before him and allow him to lead me and guide me. And the second way that we can resist the enemy is by trusting in the goodness of God. And that's said in verse seven, where uh, Peter says, cast all your cares on him, your anxieties, because he cares for you, right? And so I've got to trust that, I've got to trust in that, that when I cast my cares on him, then I, he will take care of me. But, and this means to anchor my heart, to anchor our hearts, our hopes, and our fears in God. It doesn't mean that we don't ever feel worry or anxiety. I mean, I'm the first to admit I feel that all the time. But it means that I can still feel secure no matter what happens, that God sees, God knows, and whether he intervenes or not, he values me he values me more than any other creation in this on this earth and so again this is something i have to do this is something you have to do i can't come into your head and take your anxieties and put it in in God's hands you have to do it yourself and you know we can pray with you we can stand with each other we can support each other we can carry each other's burdens yes we were there to do it together that's what a church community is meant to do but ultimately if you don't bring your own fears before God if you don't bring your own heart before God and say God help me uh, nobody else can help me only you can help me then You know, we're fair game for the devil. He can infiltrate our hearts and our minds, no matter how strong the people around us are. And the third way that we can resist the enemy is to accept the truth of God's word. And that is to be alert and of sober mind. That's what it says in verse 8. Being alert and of sober mind is not just knowing things up here. It's an active alertness. It's about not just being aware of, oh, the devil is running around and I know what his strategies are, but it's actually doing something with that knowledge, not just knowing about it because you're still a sitting duck, you know, like you might know, oh, I know he's going to come out from that bush, but if you're not going to do something to stand against him and to resist him, well, then he's got you. So... um, The power in us collectively resisting the enemy at PCC is also dependent on each of us being able to resist the enemy. Can I say spiritual warfare begins with each of us being willing to put on God's armor. And and in that passage in Galatians, uh, Ephesians, that's what it says. Put on the whole armor of God. Again, it's a letter to individuals but also to the church. We need to do this together because putting on God's armor means that we are signing up to be soldiers and be able to do our part in battle to, to win this unseen war. Because it is, it's, we're fighting, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, um, even though sometimes it feels like it. It is actually, we're fighting against the spiritual forces that we can't see. And so, we're living in a time, particularly as we've listened to communion and as we've listened to Nathan so beautifully explain what God's done for us and what Jesus, our champion, our commander in chief, has done for us. He's gone ahead right? He's gone ahead. He's disarmed the powers of the enemy for us, but we still have to push through and follow him in that fight and follow him uh, to, in that victory. The victory is ours already because Jesus has won it. We can't do anything more. And we'll talk a bit more about it later, but, but in this moment, we still need to fight. We can't just stand there and, and do nothing. He calls us to be active. He calls us to be uh, be vigilant. So let's recap. We're on our way to a glorious destination, right? And that's where God is, and that's where we want to be. The enemy of our soul, the, the, the one and only villain of this whole world, is trying to stop us from getting to our destination. But Jesus Christ... Our lord and savior has overcome this enemy and has given us the strategies and commanded us to stay focused and to keep advancing for his kingdom and so we need to do that as individuals but also as a collective army so now we've talked about the plot we've talked about the conflict so now we come to the climax climax now this is the part usually in a movie where you know everybody's kind of worked out what their thing is and and the superheroes kind of worked out what their powers is and they know the strategy of the enemy but this is the battle like this is like where it's happening and you know things might look a bit oh is it gonna we don't know but this is where we come to the climax in our conflict. Is that we know we've won the war because of Jesus right we know this to be true and we're destined to get to where we're going there's no doubt about that but we need that confidence what we need that confidence to keep fighting we need that confidence to persevere we need that confidence to keep going so that discouragement doesn't come and pull us down um, and so If we go back to these same verses, they're just, I told you, they were packed with action and somebody just needs to make a movie about it. But we go back to those verses, humble yourself under God's mighty hand. And the first reason we know that we will win is because it says, God, he may lift you up in due time. So when we resist the enemy and bow to the Lordship of Christ, then he will lift us in good time. We wait for God. We wait for God to do his work. Now, if we look at um, James chapter 5, and I've said verse 7 to 9, but actually it's verse 7 to 11. Um, I didn't do a good job in getting that information out to the prop people. Um, But... As we read that, let me quickly read it to you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient. Stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. And then we jump down to verse 10. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke the name of the Lord. Um, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance. You have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Wait for God because he's full of compassion and mercy, and he is, the time is near. Which leads us then to verse seven, where we can trust in God's goodness. We can keep fighting. We can keep going because we know that God cares for us. Honestly, if you look back every day for the past seven days, if you were to honestly look back, can you say that God, any one of those days, that God didn't care for you? Can you honestly say that? And even if you look back to your darkest day and the time when you feel like you were hiding in a cave and where was God, I really feel alone. Even in those times, can you honestly say that God didn't care, that God didn't know, that God didn't see? I don't think we can because the fact that we're here today, the fact that we have breath in our bodies and in our lives today, that we can be together that most of us that I know of haven't even had COVID. I mean, is that not a sign of God's goodness and a sign of care, God's care? So again, we've got some um, scriptures for you to look at. Romans 8.32 and Luke uh, Luke 12.22 to 26. Um, And Romans 8.32 is talking about how... If God didn't spare His one and only Son, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? I mean, what can what can you say to that? And this is my favorite, one of my favorite passages, Luke twelve twenty two. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? I've tried it. I can't. Honestly, it doesn't work. Since you cannot do this very little thing in God's eyes, why do you worry about the rest? So we can keep going. We can persevere because we know we are confident of God's care for us. Here's another reason why we can keep going. In verse nine of our chapter in um, 1 Peter 5, it says resist him, um, resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers all throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Do you know now more than ever, we know that we're not alone. We're not alone. We're in a global crisis in these times. The whole world, literally, uh, and the global church is experiencing isolation, restrictions, sickness, death, loss of financial and material things, doubts increased persecution and discrimination so we're not alone in our in our conflict in the in the climax of our conflict we are not alone and as much as none of us welcome this as much as none of us enjoy it there is a point to our suffering please don't hate me for saying that but there is a point it gives us an opportunity to trust God more, but also it gives us an opportunity to see what's in our hearts. You know, like we come back to that place, you know, in our suffering and our hardships and our pain. Do we run closer to God? Do we run closer to Jesus or do we run away from him because he's let us down? Or are we willing to be united with Christ in his sufferings? Just like we're encouraged to identify with him in his sufferings just like he identified with us in our sufferings because or are we, we are we just going it's too much you know and we get angry and we get bitter and we feel that well you know i just deserve better look how much i've done for you well hebrews chapter 11 speaks to this to us hebrews Chapter 11, verse 32, um, all the way to 12.3. It says, what more shall I say? I literally do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, lions, Um, Quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword. Those whose weaknesses was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. We see that in the persecuted church all throughout the world. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sworded in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated i mean can none of us have had to go through any of that yet and the world was not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised since god had planned something better for us that only together with us would they be made perfect This is why he has won. He is ruling and reigning in victory. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And one other final way through these verses that we can um, know that we will, we will just come through on the end if we just persevere is that in verse 10, um, it says, says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Now, I got so much encouragement from this particular word, this part of the verse, because it says, yes, you will suffer, you'll go through stuff, but look at what happens afterwards. The word restore is used to describe um, restoration of ships that have been caught in storms or in battle. It's, it's rest- restoration of these ships that have just been through the worst. The word strong is mainly indicative of physical objects that are immovable. They're, they're, they're permanently there, like, you know, the stools or the tables from McDonald's or one of those places where you try to move and, yeah. Anyway, that firm is the firmness of purpose. It's that that fixing, that gaze, is that resolution. And steadfast is the idea of giving a foundation to that firmness of purpose. So if we put it all together, it means essentially saying that after everything we're going to go through, and remember God is the master script writer. He's already written our narrative and he knows what's going to happen. Every day of our life is written in his book. And after everything we will go through, God will mend us back together into our original glorious form and make us permanently immovable in our purpose. Like we're not going to look to the left or the right. We're just going to be full on, straight ahead. And so just in case you don't want to take my word for it, the Bible talks about it in 2 Corinthians 4. 8 to 11 and 16 to 18, and in Romans 8 and 18. Um, So Paul's literally saying the same thing in Romans 18 that he's saying in Corinthians. He's saying, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. But if we go to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, um, starting from verse 8, it says, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also uh, revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. And then we jump down to verse 18. He's saying, after all of these other things that I'm saying in between, which I encourage you to read, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away or we can feel like we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is on what is, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. The battle, the climax of the conflict is just here and now. But what is seen, what is unseen is eternal but we have that hope in our hearts that that's where we're heading and so as as we come um, to to an end um, one of the things that i want to say that people have said today as well but you know you might be sitting there listening to my talk going oh you're making it sound like it's all about us that we have to fight well no we, we know that Jesus is the one who's got the victory. We know that Jesus is the one who has gone ahead of us, but he's asking us to do certain things so that we can follow him and stand firm and be immovable in the purpose that he's called us to. So for a movie to be great and memorable, it needs to have a great soundtrack. Whether it's just one song, There's one particular song that I like from certain movies that I love. Um, But if you think about it, if there's no sound, it's a silent movie, which is boring because you can't hear what they're saying or whatever and there's just one kind of music. But the the speaking, the silence, the music, the score, all of that is what – enhances that experience and holds it together it's a thread that makes that experience great and i want to say when we go back to verse 10 of 1 peter 5 there's a key phrase that says and the god of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in christ that is the soundtrack that is the score that is the thing that holds everything together our standing firm our steadfastness our fighting our battle all of that is in vain if it wasn't for God's grace it's God's grace that enables us to even do those things but it's his grace the God of all grace so the grace that he's given us in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ which is ultimate it is that the most inconceivable but biggest graces of all but it's also the grace he gives us in the everyday his word, this community of faith, uh, are praying for each other, the, the weapons that he's given us which are not flesh and blood, hand combat things they're spiritual to the pulling down of strongholds, it's all of those things that God's given us the ability to do and They're the things that will help us stand firm. And I'd like us if you if you can to go to James chapter four and go from verse six to ten. And you might go, hold on, this looks very familiar because it's almost an exact word-for-word. Writing that Paul is talking about, that James is saying to, to to the churches as well, and I'd love you to read it because it is, you know, we could say it's plagiarism, but the key thing that's interesting in verse six is, it says, "But he gives us more grace, as if the grace that we got in Jesus Christ wasn't enough. He gives us more grace, and the grace." to be able to resist the enemy his word the 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 confirmation that he cares for us his goodness for us his truthfulness his, his kindness his mercy his faithfulness all of these things and the amazing thing is we experience them as individuals as well as together you know it's not that we just have to do the hard work and fight so that we can all survive together it's like god individually gives us all of those things in jesus christ and he gives it to all of us collectively as well and so the thing that i want to point your attention to is verse 8 which stands out as a gem that's the only thing that kind of says okay james you didn't fully copy peter here is that it says in verse 8 To God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Sounds a bit gloomy, but the key verse is. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And the rest of the bits that that verse talks about is how we can draw near to God. We come to him humbly. We come to him knowing that we can't do anything. But when we reach out to him, he will always reach back out to us. And like, although like Angel and Nathan have already said today that while we were still his enemies, while we were fighting against him, not even for him and with him, he reached out to us. He gave us grace. He extended a hand of friendship. And so, how much more when we are on his side? Um, so here we are. We're at the end of the movie now, but not really. Because unlike normal movies, the movies about our lives and about this world is not over yet. The credits have not started rolling yet. But there is a resolution, there is a definite resolution and a conclusion that's coming. It's promised and it's coming. And, you know, there's two ways that our narratives, our individual narratives and the narratives of the whole world come to an end. One is through death and the other is through the return of Jesus Christ back to earth. Now, none of us know when that's going to be. We don't know when we're going to die really like we might know we have a few weeks to live but we don't really know the exact time and then we don't know when when jesus will come back again so the credits haven't started rolling yet but we know that we have a happy ending that's coming up in front of us and we know that if we keep standing firm in the lord through his power and his might, and we stay steadfast in the faith, despite the oppositions, and we can do this through Holy Spirit, whom God has given us to teach us, to lead us to truth, to empower us, to stand with us, to fight with us. And we keep sending our roots to Jesus Christ, deep into Jesus Christ, that the thought of being disconnected to him will be inconceivable, then when the credits do start rolling for us individually but also for the world we will know that Jesus will welcome us and go well done well done good and faithful servant or good and faithful soldier for staying for fighting for resisting for staying true to the course in advancing his kingdom for his glory let's pray father we thank you for your word i've spoken a lot and quite fast but holy spirit i pray that you would linger in people's hearts today tomorrow the rest of this week lord the richness and the power of your words will come alive in people's hearts that you will encourage your people you would help us to stand firm knowing that the battle is the lord's and you've called us to be worshipful to bow down to your authority and lord to keep firm and steadfast and to persevere. And so we ask that you would help us to do this by your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church Podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.